LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel center ministry every week. Now this week, it's just me solo and alone. I'm going to be talking about something that I really love about uh, church gatherings, church life, and that's singing. Uh, Those who know me and those who sit next to me in church know that I love to sing. I may not be the best at it, um, but it's one of, um, I think it's one of the best things we do when we gather reminding each other about uh, who God is, reminding each other about our uh, our love for Jesus communally and doing it through song. Um, and so we're going to be pushing into that and thinking about some new songs today. And I'm going to be talking to Curtis Smith, who's from the Bridge Church in the Lower North Shore in Sydney, just across from the Harbour Bridge. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, New Songs. Now, as I said, I'd introduce uh, Curtis Smith. Curtis, you're the uh, music and gatherings pastor at the Bridge Church. How long have you been in that role? Yeah, hello. Uh, I've been there for six years. Yeah. Now, uh, tell us, did you grow up in a Christian family? Have you always been a Christian? Yeah, I I would definitely say I have always been a Christian. My my parents were very very new to the faith themselves, so we kind of all grew up in the faith together. Uh, but straight, it was. Christian school. My dad became the principal there. Um, the church was on the same grounds as the school, so my life was very Christian. Um, yeah, so I have always known the Lord, but there were yeah there were particular moments when that became more and more real for me as time went on. Now you're the music and gatherings pastor, so I, I can assume that you play a few instruments. What's your kind of you know go-to instrument if you were to you know just want to bang out a tune, you know, play yeah. something? It's a good question. Well, I love jumping on the grand piano, even though that's something. The grand that I'm piano. Not very... it was you said not the piano or the no, keys, no, no, yeah. the grand piano. Well, when you have a grand piano in church, it is a bit of a luxury. So okay. whenever I get to play that, I do. Um, we have some beautiful, a beautiful organ as well at one of our churches, but I cannot do that. Um, but yeah, I studied on bass guitar, so I did a bachelor of music on bass, and that has not come out of the case in many years unfortunately so i very rarely play the bass guitar okay well there's got to be a question there on on you know at some stage in this on what are the sort of you know musical instruments that you kind of must have or should have when you're planning music but we're not going to ask that now Uh, i want to just jump straight into the the first song that you're going to introduce to us Uh, so we're going to over this episode introduce three songs and then in the middle of it ask a bunch of questions as well and hopefully get out some principles on uh getting new songs into church life. So what's your first song? Yeah, great. So the first song is Behold Him by Paul Belosh and Mitch Wong. Uh, It's just such a wonderful invitation. I think even that word behold is a very biblical word, but we don't really use it in everyday language. And that song for me, and it just was really connected with our church because it's such a wonderful biblical narrative of Christ. It goes from... um, him, the first line being him before there was light, uh, to then ending the latter parts of the song being um, seated in the throne room of heaven with the angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so it just takes you on a, an amazing journey um, of, of Jesus. Yeah. So you use that language of narrative. I've heard a few sort of musos, you know, uh, and mm. songwriters talk about this, you know, oh, it's a narrative song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a song that tells a story and it's obviously a song that tells 
the whole redemption story or it can tell a part of the redemption story like um you know jesus death and then his resurrection yeah uh you know is that is that kind of the a narrative song yeah yeah totally totally yes yes you've hit the nail on the okay head. <laughs> good i just want to i'm going to be the person who's asking the dumb questions because yeah. i love to sing songs but i don't know much i can't read music i don't know much about music um so i'm interested uh you you talked about you you really want your church family to you know wrestle with that sort of behold word how, how do you actually decide new songs what's your mm. process for deciding on new songs yeah, I think, I mean, I think if we all agree that singing is a pastoral activity, I think we want to be thinking what is the truth that God's people need to hear and need to be singing? Because as we sing it, it reinforces that truth into our hearts, right? Um, but I think the very simply put, I would kind of categorize in three things, uh, principles of, of why a song might be good to be sung at church is, well, firstly, it's biblical. It's very easy to know where it's coming from in the Bible. Um, you're not trying to guess and trying to figure out, oh, I wonder what was in the mind of that songwriter. That's really vague. I don't know what's going on there. Um, so it's biblical. It's, secondly, it's singable. Uh, if any people that can play a few notes on the piano, the, the low kind of G or A below middle C up to the, the D, um, the octave and half, that's kind of like humans can't really sing beyond that. And so if it's beyond that, then that's not going to be good for normal humans uh, who are in your church. <laughs> okay, you're talking about me there, so that's good. I, you lost me at octave, but uh, <laughs> singability I can understand. So you, you don't have to go high, you don't have to go too low. No, but it's funny, There's there are songs that have really broken the rules, songs like Cornerstone, which have an octave jump, and somehow it's one of the most sung, church, sung songs in churches. And so there are favorites. songs that yeah. do break the rules, but as a general rule, yeah, that's so a good often people talk about that sort of you know it's able to be like con it's a congregational song you know it's a congregational yeah, yeah, song, yeah. as opposed to a song that can be uh, performed for reflection and performed yes, yes, for um, yes. you know help, helping people think into a topic but yeah, yeah so singability okay what's your third one and the third one and by the way I do think there are more and more songs that are being released now that aren't singable that are great songs really good songs crafted songs but not very singable. Yeah, so so if we went back, say, 20 years and yeah, I think the word in songbook, you know, every song, you know, had that easy, yes, easy to sing, pretty exactly. much the same, probably three chords or three notes, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly, yes, 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 very much so, very yep. much so. Uh, and that third principle, I'd say it, it moves your, it stirs your affections because uh, there are also songs out there that are biblical, they're singable, but they're very dull or very boring and don't actually move you anywhere. And so um, I think that is very subjective, and that's up to kind of, again, coming back to that, knowing your people, knowing what they're going to connect with, um, because that's kind of genre of music as well, which is going to change in every part of the world as well. Now, uh, you, met, you mentioned just, you know, before we kind of recorded the podcast that you're about to do a series as, as a church family at the bridge on eschatology. Um, mm. You know, like, I, I don't know, I'm thinking that, that that could be a pretty hard, you know, theme or topic to sort of find some songs, but... Uh, you know, how do you you know how do you decide on songs when you've got a particular theme or a particular book of the Bible uh, that you're wanting to sort of press into? Is there's just like a there's like a a book that you go to and look up a verse and then it says here's five songs that you can kind of you know decide upon or that'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be really nice. Um, I listen to so much Christian music. I just try and yeah keep on on, on the radar and you know have my finger on the pulse. Um, and so I, I'm looking every. I'm also looking at uh, themes in in CCLI. When you log into Song Select, you can actually look up themes there, and I find that really helpful. Uh, but also, people just email me a bunch a bunch of the time, being like, "Hey, have you, this is a great song to consider." And so there's leaders in my music team who will um, suggest new songs for me because they're aware of new series that are coming up as well. 
yeah. So there's a few, few ways to go about it, but yeah. But that, that's it. No, that's some that's some great tips. Um, I love the fact that you've talked about your team and the teams actually. Yeah. You, you've got a culture where people are actually listening and uh, yeah. to Christian music. And we even have we have some people that are trying to write songs as well for series that they know are coming up, which, yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily happen all the time, but but when it does, it can really work. Yeah, that's really an awkward well. conversation. Yeah. If you're saying no to that song, I imagine yes. very awkward conversation. Yes. Anyway, song two. What's song two. Uh, what's song two? Song two is one called "God So Loved" by We the Kingdom. Okay, yeah. so tell us tell us why yeah. you're introducing this song. Well, it, you might have guessed from the title, but it's uh, very much John three sixteen in song. That's the chorus for "God So Loved the World." Yeah, um, and I think what I love about this song is that it's one of celebration. It's one of celebrating uh, the eternal life that we have in Jesus. And so it's upbeat. And I think that uh, we need to actually teach our people how to rejoice. Um, we're very good at you know, teaching our people how to think and how to mature in Christ, but also to just rejoice in Jesus and have that simple joy uh, in the gospel. Um, and doing that together as his people, I think especially coming out of the last few years, the, the fact that we're gathered, the fact that we're singing, allowed to sing without masks and do all those things, um, what, what a joyful time. And so I think it takes teaching, um, but that's been a, an amazing. Uh, we, we did recently uh, this in 2 Samuel when David is rejoicing before the Lord and he's undignified before the mm -hmm. Lord. Um, but we sang that and it was such an affirmation of our willingness to even look a bit silly because of how joyful we are in Jesus. So it's, it's super biblical and it's another one of the songs where it invites, uh, it used wonderful words like... Um, inviting uh, weary sinners, um, bringing our failures, bringing our addictions. Uh, it's very much inviting everyone into that place of rejoicing in Jesus. Now, that's really helpful. You, you know, songs, songs can have a place and a purpose in the, in the flow of the gathering as well. Mm. Um, and you know, imagine, imagine if you're doing a series on Lamentations or if a sermon's particularly been pretty challenging and tough and you know, the preacher's just left you with you know, some real heavy sort of introspection or, or you know, thinking into your, your own sin and your own life. Mm, that you probably mm. don't want to go with God so yeah, love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but how is it that like you're doing this full time? Mm. You know, you're you're sort of set aside to work on all the gatherings across um, the bridge. Um, you know, church. Uh, how, you know, how is it that you can um, you know helpfully kind of I guess gain that uh, song list, that repertoire of songs that are going to you know mm, move mm. move you or you yeah. can talk about stirring the infections. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, how's it? How's it? You know, when to sort of pull out, pull out that song so that it actually, you know, helps someone mm. sort of walk through the service. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think we, you, hopefully, anyone that's listening, I guess, the encouragement is to have a song list, but not only to have a song list, but think about, um, think about the themes of those songs, and so because you want to be well equipped um, for whatever God is going to be speaking in that gathering. And so if it is a series of lamentations or whatever it might be, or in the Psalms, uh, you might be exposed when you realize you don't have any songs that actually just acknowledge how difficult life can be. Yep. And so, um, but in the same way, uh, when it comes to a, a sermon where it's more directly on like us just rejoicing in the Lord and your biggest song is, you know, Oh, Praise the Name, great song. But, you know, it's still, that's not a song of rejoicing, I would say. Mm. It's very much anthemic and an amazing song. Mm. And so, again, that, that's, that's exposing that as well. And so I think you're thinking of, of your song list, not just in terms of do we have good songs, but do we have songs of confession, of adoration, of rejoicing, of, of all of those different things. Yeah. So you've really, you've, uh, you've sort of raised the whole question of repertoire. Yeah, yeah. How, how many songs, you know, should you have on that? Mm. Uh, you know, what do you do when you've got a small team and, you, you've only got a bass player, and we all know bass players, you know, really can't play uh, music. 
Uh, you That's know, so, painful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't take the opportunity to make the bass play joke earlier on, but uh, but I thought I'd take it then. But, you know, what do you do when you've only got someone who can play key, keys or play guitar uh, or cajon or something like that? You know, there's mm. often there's, there's a whole bunch of songs probably that you actually can't play or you can't yeah. play as, as well. So how do you decide on your repertoire? How many songs should it be? Uh, yeah. How do you, you know, cycle in new and... Uh, and actually cycle out so that, yes, so that yes. you know because I think the danger that I see often in a lot of churches they've got kind of too many songs yep. and too many hard songs or too many simple songs or not enough. Yeah, how yep. do you work that out? Well, I, yeah, it's a great question, and I can only speak from personal experience. <laughs> but my scrap list at church is very long. Yeah. Uh, ones that I've tried. I think it's recognizing that even sometimes when you try a song, and it's not always going to work. And just being okay with that, not necessarily expecting it to, to really gel and to go super well. So that's really helpful to you because, you know, I, I was a member of Church by the Bridge mm, for mm. five years, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Music was always excellent. Mm. And, and so it's, it's helpful to hear you say, oh, sometimes it's not going yeah. to be great and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, and that's the thing coming back to those principles. It might be biblical, it might be singable, but then for whatever reason, it's just not right for your people. Yeah. And, that, and that's okay. But in terms of, I think for us at church, we are, and what it seems to be the case is about people know and connect with about 35 to 40 songs, kind of max, you yep. know, like contemporary sense. We then, in addition to that, have, um, have hymns, have a hymn list as well of about 15 or so hymns that we know our people know. Yeah, so they're, they're songs that... Yeah, they're probably the same tune, but yeah. they're, they're, they're very easy to sing. Yeah, and the everyone's kind of got them in so. their back, you know, their back, uh, their back of their recesses of their yeah. brain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're sung at school or and the danger with those, I think, is almost over singing them. Yeah, and so that when you do sing in Christ alone, uh, you actually are really you're taking those words in in a new way mm. because mm. it's almost a fresh, maybe even a new song again. Yep. And then beyond that, we do actually have like a retired such occasional list, and uh, I've really loved kind of diving into that area of. Um, what uh, I think there's a generational thing happening at the moment where the songs like Shout to the Lord, uh, actually when we, when we sing them again, people are loving it and people are connecting with them again. Uh, we, um, we've done some other ones recently uh, that, that have just, that are from that era. Oh, we did um, Ancient of Days. Blessing yep. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and we did that at a, at a prayer gathering and it just was so wonderful. Have you got any rounds? You haven't got any rounds yet? You know, no. Men and women? So no. I, I want that to come back again. That yeah, was, yeah, that that was cool. the heyday of church music, I reckon. But I think that's like a third category of the ones that your people, <laughs> uh, you, you're not going to sing every month, every, even every three months, but ones that you know your people can connect with. And again, it's just going back to that. What, do you, what are the truths your people need to so, hear? So a challenge I think often is that you don't have people who have the music ability to, mm. um, you know, to, to, to play the songs. So, you know, how is it that you help your people build confidence, mm. you know, with your, with your musos and with your volunteer teams? How, you know, yeah. what does it look like as you're coaching and, uh, you know, helping others yeah. know, play? Because, again, you're musically trained. You, mm. you know, mm. done it for three or four years. You've performed lots. Yeah. You know, you're you're exceptional, but often that's not the case for everyone. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very kind, very kind. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, as someone who, who when, cannot read music and is hopeless. Well, old. I still have the Sundays where I put the capo on the wrong fret. And, <laughs> yeah, okay. Know. Don't even know uh, what a capo is. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Any guitarists know how cringe that is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it's yeah, it's a good question. I th- we have so many gatherings that a lot of our teams are very small. Yep. And so I think when you're choosing songs, uh, um. If it can work in that context, and I often lead, I, I just led on Sunday at two services completely by myself. It was just me on acoustic guitar. So that type of thing happens, happens every now and then. And so if the songs do hit those three principles, then I, I think that 
the musical quality doesn't matter as much mm. um, because people aren't singing because of your quality. I think the leading is really important. I think a, a really gifted um, song leader or worship leader, whatever you want to call it, um, will have a greater impact than a professional guitarist versus an average guitarist mm. because they have a heart for what is going on. They, they have an awareness and want to lean into, actually, this is a, a deeply special moment that we're stepping into. And so I think it's, to be honest, it's not, it's not even the training on the musical side of things. It's actually training and actually appreciating and understanding what's going on in the gathering. Because mm-hmm. that is a thing that continues to fuel us and continues to go beyond the fact that we might only have a keyboardist or an acoustic guitarist. Okay, well, that doesn't matter because God's still here with us and our praise is still um, so, so worth doing as his people. Mm. Yeah. So, so one final sort of question pushing out. How, how often should you, you know, sort of repeat a song? You know, so should you sing a song sort of three weeks in a row, mm. you know, and, like and a new that, song? Yeah, a new song or even, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, you know, how, you know, do you just do it once a week, you know, once in a month or twice in a month or it depends? Yeah. Well, a great question is like, what what are the songs people aren't singing well or feel tired? And I think if, if you are responsible for music, asking that question of mm. your pastor is a great question to ask. It's like, what songs, they may be great, but they may just be feeling a little bit tired and they kind of can go onto the retired list, bring yeah. them back, you know, for a once off in six months time, it's going to be great. But yeah, um, I guess with that rotation, 35 to 40 songs, I think you're, you're doing at least one of those every, every, every three months or so. And so people, are, it's part of the habit of them singing. Yeah, great. Okay, third song. Third song. Third song is one that is a, a real oldie, uh, Great Is Thy Faithfulness by Thomas Obadiah Chisholm. So that's the Great is thy faithfulness. Yeah, yeah, you've got it. Morning, yeah. Mo- uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is this that. an audition now? Well, look, I've been told I'm not allowed to sing, so uh, that's by my wife, and that's by Rob Smith. No, you know, no other than Rob Smith, uh, mm, mm. and so I'm no no longer allowed to sing okay, on, on a okay. platform at church. Okay. Well, with, I'm glad I don't at have least, to break the news. At, at least with the microphone <laughs> on. <that's>, uh, <laughs> so, so why have you gone for an oldie, and and why is it an oldie and newie? Yeah. Well, I. I Six years ago when I started the role, I inherited a song list and inherited the hymns that we sung. And one of them wasn't Great Is Thy Faithfulness. And I think I heard um, a band doing it at a conference and I was I just found it completely compelling and, yep. and moving. So is this a me. new, have you got a new arrangement? Or well, you... there is, there, uh, not really. Uh, there's an arrangement by Austin Stone Worship, which is a band in America. They did it at a conference and I think John Piper even wrote some extra verses for it. It yep. was very much a, um, but it's still very true to the original melody. Uh, but it's, uh, I, I introduced it at church, I think in 2019, so right before the pandemic. And I think, think it was just God's timing and his sovereignty that we had that in the repertoire, ready to go for when, it, when we went into lockdown. Um, because we, that was a song I think we sung a lot online. Um, because just declaring the, those truths, some of those lyrics being like, Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. You know, just remembering that unbegotten, never-changing nature of God um, and his ongoing faithfulness to us. That was really powerful, particularly for that moment. So that was a really, uh, felt like a very much a pastoral thing that we needed to sing. Mm. And then coming back to sing it when I remember also a lot of powerful moments when we couldn't sing in church and we we sung and led that. uh, And that was still very much moving uh, for people, even with no singing, with masks on. That was, yeah, really powerful moment. Now, I'm interested, just sort of some final questions, introducing a new song. um, Mm. How do you do that well? 
uh, how do you lead your congregation in yeah you know, getting used to a new song yeah well we yeah we just introduced one last week and um i think if you're not introducing or teaching it then you can't really expect them to learn it <laughs> and so uh, because they're your people you want to just acknowledge that this is a new song uh give them give them the why give them the heart of it why yep. is it being chosen why is it a song that's worth us singing mm-hmm. i think as soon as as soon as you win people into that they are so much more ready to receive that new song people don't like change and people don't yeah in church we, we like our tradition we like knowing what's going on and so that's always going to be a hard moment so we need to lead our people through that and then practically where we'll make sure basically um, even if there's a full band we'll strip that back when we teach it we'll have one singer and an acoustic or keys and they'll lead a verse and a chorus and a bridge and then they'll invite and very clearly okay now um is your time to join in and sing mm-hmm. with us and so it's very clear that that's a teaching moment so i think people need the why um yeah people need the actual teaching of the melody so you need to yeah. you need to actually uh sing it through yeah and then we sing it the following week have a generally we have a break the third week and then definitely sing it on the fourth week again so it's heavy rotation at the start so it's really owned and known by people and do you you know use social media hey guys you know yeah. we're, we're going to be singing this song you might want to yeah so we, yeah yeah we do use social media and uh so I'll, I'll ask our person to try and post the week leading up to it and we'll also um have a spotify playlist which if i remember which I sometimes fail to, yep. um, I'll put on that playlist because surprisingly a lot of people listen to that, which is really encouraging. Uh, so Curtis, what's the one thing you want to say about new songs? The one thing I want to say about new songs is um, what is just think about what is the truth that your people need to hear? What is the truth your people need to hear? Excellent. Well, it's been really good uh, talking through these three new songs and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Um, Great to have you on uh, The One Thing. Thanks so much for having me. Now, uh, just before Curtis heads off, I am going to just push into the toolbox. Uh, the Reach Straight podcast will be re- releasing uh, the workshop that uh, Curtis and uh, Liv Chapman from EMU Music did uh, at the Reach Australia National Conference recently. Uh, so we'll put a link in the show notes to that. We'll also put uh, a link to those uh, three songs as well so you can see the, the lyrics and the YouTube links uh, as well. Uh, in that as well and then just a shout out to one of our uh, partners emu music as well i've put a link on uh on in the show notes to their website uh they've always releasing great songs and have uh, great conferences as well for your music team to get along to as well so uh, check out emu music and uh and and the conferences they've got before we go, Curtis, have you got a sneaky extra song just for the person who, you know, wants to sing just yes, a little bit more in church yes. life? Yes, it's hard to limit to only three, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, the one that we did teach just last Sunday was Psalm 150, uh, in parentheses, Praise the Lord by Matt Boswell and Matt Papa. And um, that was received just so incredibly well. One of those songs where I think it's literally Psalm 150. <laughs> so it definitely takes a biblical box. And it, it, it has... Um, I'm not that into key changes, but it has a key change. Okay, can I you explain? Really it. What, what do you mean by key change? Well, just the. Maybe just sing that for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could do that to be honest, but um, it, it moves up a semitone in the last song, which, ah, the which old still, semitone yeah, the, uh, yeah, ah. in the last verse. Sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah, extremely biblical, singable, really easy to play, and um, yeah, really that invitation of Psalm 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So just a sneaky extra one, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Love it. Psalm 150, praise the Lord. That's it. Awesome. Great having you on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm Scott Sanders. 
chat soon.